Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode of the Bear Stock Underground is brought to you by PointsBet. Guys, it's finally here. Sports Drink and PointsBet have partnered up to bring you the world's greatest BTU-themed threads for the Bears season. Just imagine the blue and orange confetti cascading down from the rafters of State Farm Stadium while you're donning the greatest t-shirt known to man, a Bears Talk Underground t-shirt. And it's very simple. You got to go to sportsdrink.org slash shirts, fill out the quick Google form, register for your PointsBet account, and deposit at least $10. That's all it's going to cost you. You want to get your hands on this T-shirt, and then finally you upload your proof of deposit uh, as well. Once you submit, our beautiful friends will have your shirt out the door and on the way to you. And once again, that is sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Once again, sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Guys, I'm in my 16th season doing this show. It's the first time I've had a shirt available for my podcast. I'm so proud to finally have one, and I want you to have it. So follow the steps and get yourself your very own Bearstock Underground t-shirt today. And thank you to PointsBet for partnering up with Sports Drink, and thanks to PointsBet for sponsoring the podcast. (laughs) What's up, guys? Week number six is already upon us tonight. The Bears and the Commanders kick the week off, and, um, you know, I figured that uh, while we're doing everything a day early, uh, might as well do this because we got to make room for tomorrow on Friday for the Bears Commanders review uh, episode. So I'm just kind of slamming it down your throat every day of this week. Uh, I hope you don't get enough of me. Keep downloading the show. Uh, keep subscribing to Points Bet to uh, get yourself a Bears Talk Underground t-shirt and all the rest of that good stuff. So, uh, so yeah, we got week number six uh, upon us. Um, I can't believe that I didn't do it on the actual show, but I, I'm picking the Bears to win on Thursday night, which of course means the commanders will be victorious if, if the pattern holds. Uh, but uh, we got uh, 14 matchups. We have four teams uh, on the bye, which means we're two games short of the full 16-game slate that we had for the first five weeks. Detroit, Tennessee, Las Vegas, and Houston all with the week off. So let's go ahead and get started. With the rest of the 13, well, we're going to talk about all 14 of them, but uh, we already know what my first pick uh, is going to be. This is the Week 6 NFL preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. Week number six kicks off tonight at Soldier Field in Chicago where my beloved Chicago Bears will be donning the worst uniforms in the history of professional sports. And there have been some pretty hideous outfits worn by professional sports teams throughout the world. And uh, it won't get any worse than it gets tonight. I actually saw on the Chicago Bears app 
that um, fo- you know snapshots, photos of the Bears in practice, and they're wearing the orange helmets in practice, and it made me throw up in my mouth a little. I'm not going to lie. It was awful. Uh, and uh, this is what I have to look forward to. Not only will they be wearing the 10-mile the color on their heads, but on their torsos uh, as well. Thankfully, uh, cooler heads prevailed, and we're not going orange head to toe. I, I would elect to just listen to the game on the radio uh, if we were doing that. But uh, instead, it's just going to be the orange hats and the orange uh, jerseys. And, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's going to be awful. It's, it's going to be truly, truly awful. Um, I, I just, uh, I, I already hate it. I already hate it. You guys know this just from the pictures. Now I've actually seen the pictures in live action. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I still hate it. It doesn't look good. I, I, I don't. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. But I'm going to watch anyway because what else am I going to do while my team is playing on national television? So um, it's going to be an interesting matchup because um, it, it's, it's, it's a mixed bag on, on who you talk to when it comes to who's going to win the football game. Um, you know, the, our own guest, uh, Mr. Who from the Commander's Confidential uh, podcast is, is picking the Bears uh, to win. You know, I can't help but agree with him, uh, especially when I heard that uh, Carson Wentz is nursing a shoulder injury uh, right now. So he might not be at 100% coming into the game uh, tonight. So it's, uh, there's that, and there's their inability to run the football, which might not mean much against one of the worst run defenses in the NFL that the, our beloved Chicago Bears currently uh, possess. But, um, you know, Jahan Dotson, their biggest touchdown scorer, is not going to be uh, in this game uh, and, and everything else. And, and I just uh, feel like it's, it's, it's tipping the scales, not to mention we're undefeated at home so far this year, and I'm hoping that we stay that way and can get back to 500 going into our mini-buy, getting ready for, the, for next Monday night's game against the Patriots. So, um, I've and we're going to have Nikhil Harry uh, in the lineup. It's looking like he's going to play. Um, knowing the Bears, they probably won't. But I, if they basically Nikhil Harry says if they let him play, he's going to uh, play on on Thursday night. Uh, I hope that they do. Jalen Johnson will be back, so hopefully our pass defense will be a bit uh, better, and you know maybe the the coverage will allow our guys to get home. Uh, against Wentz because we've only got like eight sacks in five games uh, so far. So either way, I like our chances in this one, hoping we come away uh, with the win and I'm not shut out on Thursday night for the fifth week in a row. The, the streak has to end at some point. Let it be here with my beloved Chicago Bears. First Sunday matchup of week number six, we're in Atlanta where the Falcons will host the 49ers, and it's going to be an old-school NFC West matchup. And what I mean when I say that, the 49ers are going to come to town to play the Falcons, who are going to be wearing the old-school red helmets on Sunday. So, interesting. Uh, When I first saw the helmets, uh, when they announced them over the spring-slash-early-summer, whenever it was, I was kind of thrilled to see them. I'd always liked the red helmets uh, for the Falcons. Um, but there's an element to it that I, I don't know where it came from. I don't ever remember it being there before, but it's this little odd, thin yellow stripe 
on the center stripe of the helmet. Like there's a black streak, uh, black stripe going right down the center, and then there's two white stripes on the on the outside, and then on the inside of the white stripe coming off of the black, there's this yellow, the the very thin yellow stripe, and that's been nowhere in their color scheme ever in the history of this franchise, as far as I know. And trust me, I pay attention to these things. I don't know what the hell that's there for. Uh, it, it really kind of throws off the whole look of it. Uh, and I know you probably don't matter. You know, you probably don't notice or care or whatever, but uh, I'm the self-professed uh, uniform snob. These things bother me. So I'm rooting for the 49ers just on that uh, alone. <laughs> but, you know, n- never mind that. The 49ers are playing very well right now. The two dominating uh, performances back-to-back. Um, one at home on Monday night against the Rams a couple of weeks ago. This past Sunday, uh, they they dominated the Panthers so hard it got Matt Rule fired uh, on Monday morning. Um, I wonder if the 49ers are still on the East Coast, though, because with them being in Carolina and then the very next week being at Atlanta, I wonder if they did what the, uh, what the Falcons did, actually, when they – went to the West Coast to play the Rams and then stayed on the West Coast to play the Seahawks the following week. Uh, I wonder if the 49ers stayed on the East, uh, stayed on the East Coast uh, to prepare for Atlanta or, if, or they've been hanging out in Atlanta for the week getting ready for that game, just like Atlanta hung out in Seattle to play the Seahawks after the Rams game. I'm, I'm sure that's probably what they did with the back-to-back East Coast trips uh, like that. But, uh, you know, regardless, uh, San Francisco, I believe, is the better team. They're playing... Better football, even though Atlanta, man, they're they're scrappy, man. They are absolutely scrappy, and um, they were robbed of an opportunity to try and beat Tampa Bay uh, on Sunday with that horrendous roughing the passer call on Grady Jarrett uh, last Sunday. So they've got uh, they're going to have an edge uh, coming into this one. I don't think San Francisco is going to quite walk away from them the way that they did Carolina. But I do think the 49ers come out uh, ahead. Give me the, uh, the 49ers uh, to win this one uh, on Sunday. So uh, moving on to game number three at Cleveland. We've got New England heading over to Cleveland to take on the uh, Browns. Ooh, this one's tough. Because Cleveland's been so schizophrenic uh, so far. This year, you know, uh, with the games they've won, the games they've lost, they're they're really tough uh, to figure out. And um, you know, New England is you know does Bailey Zappi have another uh, you know another solid performance uh, in him? He's you know basically more of a game manager uh, at this point. I don't know that he's uh, you know got the full breadth of the playbook at his disposal uh, like Mac Jones would if he were healthy. Uh, right now, still uh, nursing that uh, high ankle sprain. But, um, you know, Jacoby Brissett has been playing well uh, for the Browns. They still have Nick Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt. Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney played together for the first time this past uh, Sunday. You know, it. I, I want to pick New England, but for some reason, I, I, for some reason, I want to take the Browns. It's like, I think New England is the smarter choice. But I, something I don't know, man. I don't know. It, it's it's a tough call, actually. I just 
because I don't know how much I can trust the the Patriots. Yeah, they shut out the Lions last week, but like like I said in, in the review episode, the score wasn't really telling the story of of how the game was being played on the field. Now maybe that's a misconception uh, by the by the fact that I was watching an extremely condensed version uh, of the game and I wasn't getting the full you know, uh, the full uh, scope of the game, how it went down play-by-play and everything. But the highlights generally tell do a pretty good job of telling a story of how the game went. And for me, it wasn't so much that New England just completely dominated uh, the Lions. It was uh, was also a lot about how the Lions couldn't get out of their own way. You know, Goff threw threw an interception in the end zone. Uh, You know, the the offensive line let him down. He got strip-sacked at one point and... Uh, and things like that. And I know this is all, you know, plays that the Patriots also made themselves, but it just seemed like it was more self-inflicted with Detroit than it did about New England just blowing them out of the water, which is why I'm toiling uh, over this pick. So, ah, here we go. Gun to my head. I hate to do it. I'm going to take the home team here. I know I'm probably going to get this one wrong. If uh, You know how I like to do, like I talked about the uh, – the confidence pool, and um, you know, if uh, if this was a uh, confidence game, this this would probably be up there as far as my my one or two point uh, matchup. As far as like this, the the level of confidence I have in this pick is is slim uh, to none. Moving on to Green Bay, we got the Packers hosting the New York Jets. The Jets coming off a big victory. Over the uh, Dolphins pulled away from them in the fourth quarters, nineteen seventeen, uh, going into the fourth, and boom, just like that, uh, you know, you got you got a strip sack in there, three rushing touchdowns later, it's a forty to seventeen win for the Jets, their first AFC East win in I think twelve or thirteen games, something like that. Green Bay reeling uh, from the loss against the Giants in London uh, last Sunday, but much like. Teams uh, like the like the old school Patriots under Brady uh, and everything, the Packers don't make a habit of losing two games in a row. So, based on that, I hate to make it as simple as that, but based on that alone, I'm taking Green Bay uh, to beat the Jets. I do, however, expect this to be an interesting football game, and you know, nothing like a. Uh, a big, uh, you know, blowout or anything like that. I do think the Jets will will hold their own uh, against the uh, the Packers, but uh, I I don't like them to come out ahead uh, on this one. So give me give me Green Bay, Indianapolis hosting the Jaguars. Now I admit I don't know the history of the Jags in Indianapolis as well as I know. Uh, I know the fact that uh, Jacksonville has won like the last eight or nine times in Jacksonville, regardless of their record or Indy's record for that matter. Um, I think Jacksonville has something to answer for, for the way they played last week against the Texans at home, uh, losing a division game to a winless team at home last Sunday, uh, going back on the road to take on another division opponent that they took to the woodshed a couple of uh, weeks ago. I think this game will be much closer, but I still like Jacksonville uh, to come out ahead. I, I just think they've got something to uh, 
to make up for, you know, after last week's performance against the Texans. Uh, Indianapolis coming off of the mini buy, well, you know, that Thursday night debacle against the Broncos uh, last Thursday, which is an absolute joke uh, of a terrible football game uh, to watch. I just don't like what's going on in Indy these days. I really don't. So give me Jacksonville. I feel better. That that pick feels better to me than taking Indianapolis uh, at home. Minnesota at Miami. The Dolphins hosting the Vikings. The Vikings on a bit of a roll here. Uh, 4-1 and one after their victory over the Bears on Sunday. Miami losing two in a row after a 3-0 and start. They lost that Thursday night game against the Bengals to kick off week four. And then last Sunday... Uh, against the Jets getting trounced in the fourth quarter uh, to turn what was a 19-17 game into a 40-17 blowout at the hands uh, of the Jets. Um, I heard Tua was practicing, or at least he returned to practice today, uh, today being Wednesday uh, when I'm recording this. So, um, you know, it's interesting because they lost Teddy Bridgewater, literally like their first play from scrimmage, uh, which gave the Jets a safety uh, to start the game. He was in concussion protocol. I haven't heard much about uh, Bridgewater and what his readiness will be uh, for Sunday. But if Tuo's been cleared and he's back in practice and he might play on Sunday, that changes things a little bit for me because Minnesota is a get home with your four or whatever uh, in their in their defense. They don't blitz a lot, basically, is what I'm saying. And uh, if Tua's going to be able to sit back there and, and find uh, Waddle and, and Hill and, and, and Giusecki and, and all those guys, um, I think it could be a long day uh, for Minnesota unless they start bringing the house and, and blitzing uh, against uh, Miami. So, um, you know, it's also it's down there in that crazy heat uh, in, in South Florida. Even this time of year, uh, it's still got awful. Down there, because trust me, I I was in Florida. The one time I went to Florida, it was late November, and it was eighty five and sticky, sticky humid down there when I went there. So yeah, mid October, it's going to be somewhere uh, in there as well. And I know that what Miami likes to do with teams like this is they're well they're well the wear the whites at home, and the the uh, the uh, Vikings would be wearing the dark purples. Uh, to play this game on Sunday uh, with all their little tricks and, and having the visiting side, uh, you know, sideline be the one that's uh, going to be beaten down by the sun uh, throughout the game uh, and everything. All those little advantages work for the uh, Dolphins. Ask the Bills, uh, you know, week two, week three, whatever it was when, when Miami beat them. Uh, it's, it, they used every little trick in the book to gain, or, gain some kind of advantage over Buffalo, and it worked like a charm. So I'm going to go ahead and assume that Tua is back if he's back and practicing uh, right now, and, and I like that enough for, for Miami to snap this streak that the Vikings have going on right now. Give me the Dolphins at home over the Vikings. Cincinnati at New Orleans. You know, if, if New Orleans hadn't played so well against uh, Seattle, this would be a very easy pick for me. Um. I'm still taking the Bengals, but, uh, you know, confidence pool-wise, this would have been like a three or a four grade after what we saw uh, from New Orleans. Uh, you know, Andy Dalton, we all know what uh, 
what he's capable of all those years as the Bengals starter and then last year uh, in Chicago and, and his year before that in Dallas and everything. He's a solid guy. He's solid. But last week it was Taysom Hill that, that took over uh, the football game. Three rushing touchdowns. He threw one pass for a touchdown. You know, he's one for one for 22 yards and a touchdown uh, against, the, uh, against the Seahawks. Literally carried the team on his back, and he's definitely capable of doing it again. The Saints are very, very tough in the Dome, but I like Cincinnati to bounce back from the uh, disappointing last-second loss to the uh, Ravens on Sunday to get the win over the Saints. <laughs> this episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by PointsBet. Guys, it's finally here. Sports Drink and PointsBet have partnered up to bring you the world's greatest BTU-themed threads for the Bears season. Just imagine the blue and orange confetti can cascading down from the rafters of State Farm Stadium while you're donning the greatest t-shirt known to man, a Bears Talk Underground t-shirt. And it's very simple. You got to go to sportsdrink.org slash shirts, fill out the quick Google form, register for your points bet account, and deposit at least $10. That's all it's going to cost you. You want to get your hands on this t-shirt, and then finally you upload your proof of deposit uh, as well. Once you submit, our beautiful friends will have your shirt out the door and on the way to you. And once again, that is sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Once again, sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Guys, I'm in my 16th season doing this show. It's the first time I've had a shirt available for my podcast. I'm so proud to finally have one, and I want you to have it. So follow the steps and get yourself your very own Bearstock Underground t-shirt today. And thank you to PointsBet for partnering up with Sports Drink. And thanks to PointsBet for sponsoring the podcast. <laughs> Baltimore at the Giants on Sunday. Second to last uh, early game we got here. Uh, Lamar Jackson and company coming off of a big win, a divisional win, a, sne- a, a streak snapping win over uh, the Bengals. It was their first home win in like five or six games, something to that effect. Uh, also their first win over Cincy in, in at least a year or two because they got swept last year, and I think they either got swept or they split in 2020. So it could have been a three-, four-game uh, losing streak. They finally snapped on Sunday uh, against the uh, against the Bengals. It was a national TV win, you know, and, and big, you know, dramatic win with Tucker kicking a field goal as time uh, expired. Uh, the Giants still kind of um, a one-man show. With uh, with Saquon Barkley, yes, Daniel Jones does his does his part. Uh, they they really do. You got to give a lot of credit to Brian Dable uh, and his coaching staff. They really are milking every last ounce of talent out of these out of this receiving core uh, that they have, and, and you know maximizing the talent that is uh, out on the field uh, right now. But this this streak has to come to an end uh, at some point. You know, they started uh, 2-0. and uh, They lost that game to the Cowboys where they had the lead in the fourth quarter. They've won two in a row against Chicago and Green Bay and in dramatic fashion in Green Bay uh, over, you know, the Packers in, in London uh, this past Sunday uh, and everything. But I just, I mean, I thought Green Bay would be the team. Maybe it was jet lag. Maybe it was, you know, something that, that, that hurt the, Packers and, and everything not trying to take anything away from the Giants it's just that I think that if that game takes place 
at Lambeau, we get a different outcome. And I think that's what we're going to get this Sunday with uh, the Ravens uh, taking on the Giants in in New York. Give me the Ravens to come out ahead and keep their little streak going after beating the Bengals on Sunday. Last early game of the week, we got Pittsburgh hosting Tampa Bay. Tom Brady uh, returning to Pittsburgh, this time wearing a Tampa Bay Buccaneer uh, uniform after being the thorn in the side of the Steelers so many times uh, with the with the Patriots. How many AFC Championship games did Tom Brady win over the Steelers while wearing a Patriot uh, uniform? I can think of at least two right off the top of my head. And, um, you know, but the old nemesis returns wearing a different uh, uniform. I think the result will be the same. Pittsburgh is struggling right now. Uh, I do like, I did like what I saw very much from Kenny Pickett uh, and the way that he was running the offense against the Bills, despite the fact they lost 38-3 to uh, to Buffalo on Sunday. I do think Pittsburgh has something on their hands uh, with Kenny Pickett. If, if, if a one-game assessment can be enough to, to, you know, to see into the future, I think they're going to be just fine with Kenny Pickett eventually. You know, once they get T.J. Watt back, once they get their defense hole uh, again, they'll be able to, to kind of even things out. I think Pittsburgh might be you know, primed to make a, a late-season surge, and I don't think they'll get to the playoffs, but I think they might save uh, Mike Tomlin's uh, streak of uh, no-losing seasons as head coach. Uh, at the end of the season. But uh, I don't think it will save him on Sunday uh, against the uh, Buccaneers. Give me Tampa Bay uh, to beat the Steelers on Sunday. And as we move into the afternoon games, we have Carolina at the Los Angeles Rams. And something's got to give here. You know, these are two teams that are struggling uh, right now, and um, you know, Carolina be gonna gonna be coming into this game with an interim head coach because their guy got fired after last week's performance against the 49ers at home, where their visiting fans outnumbered the home fans uh, in that football game. They got trounced 37 to 15, and I don't even think the game was that close if you sat down uh, and watched it. Uh, the Rams, on the other hand. The games they've lost have been two good football teams. They lost to the 49ers. They lost to Dallas this past Sunday. Started off the season losing against Buffalo. It's They're not bad losses as far as who they're actually losing to, but they're bad losses in, in the fact that you know this doesn't speak well if, God forbid, the playoffs were to start today. Would you trust the Rams to be able to overcome these teams? Uh, especially with the way they've been dominated. San Francisco, seven sacks, really pushed them around. The um, the Cowboys, five sacks, three turnovers uh, against the uh, Rams. And Buffalo, the Dallas and Buffalo, these were home games. They were in SoFi, and they were dominated handily by both of those teams at home. So it's troublesome for the Rams, you know, for them to be two and three. Yes, they've lost to very good football teams, they struggled against the Falcons. They almost gave that gave that game away uh, as well. You know they're not playing their best football uh, right now, so they've got a lot to figure out. And this is a great place for them to get that done against the football team that is struggling. Uh, I would watch out 
for the Panthers, if for no other reason than it's the first game under an interim head coach. And and for all the times that we've seen that happen, funny things happen because that interim coach will come out and throw the kitchen sink after whoever his opponent is going to be. Fake punts, surprise onsides, flea flicker, double revert. You know, they're going to throw the book at Los Angeles, I believe. That's going to do whatever it can to keep them on their heels, and maybe they can steal a few points here and there, maybe blitz where they normally wouldn't, uh, you know, or where you haven't seen them blitz so far uh, on film. This is going to be tough for the Rams as far as like being able to see where Carolina is coming from. It's like I don't think they're going to just completely throw their book out and start fresh or anything, but I definitely think you'll see something from Carolina that you have they haven't put on tape before. Under this new head coach, this you know different philosophy, trying to basically uh, attack a wounded animal is what Carolina, uh, I think, would should be the mentality right now. He's like, obviously that can go against you, fight or flight. If the Rams come out fighting, could be an ugly, ugly day uh, for the Panthers. Um, I think the Rams will win this game uh, on Sunday. This is the perfect get back game uh, for them to. Uh, you know, right the ship and get back to the winning ways, get back to a 500 uh, record uh, at home uh, and get a win over a team they are far more talented than uh, right now. So when, with Baker Mayfield, uh, with with his injury, I think it's a, an ankle sprain. I don't know if Sam Darnold is back yet, but they also drafted one of the quarterbacks. I forget which one it is. I think Coral, Carol, Coral. I think I think he's the one from Old Miss. So maybe he'll be starting on Sunday if Sam Darnold isn't ready uh, to come back yet. All I, all I know is that I'm quite certain Baker Mayfield will not play against the Rams uh, on Sunday. So give me the Rams to take the win over Carolina. NFC West Divisional matchup, Seattle hosting Arizona. Tough call here. Because I think the the Seahawks are playing beyond their talent right now. Geno Smith doing a lot to carry that football team. I mean, his three touchdown passes last week against the Saints helped keep them in the game while Taysom Hill was going bonkers all over the place uh, against them uh, and everything. When, when Alvin Kamara wasn't killing them on the ground, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough football game. Arizona needs this win because uh, they're expected to be a good football team. They're expected to make a run and go back uh, to the playoffs and everything. Seattle is kind of in the mode that they're just happy to be here kind of thing, because no one's it's expecting a thing from them this year with you know trading away Wilson. All of the, the draft capital and everything is meant for them to keep building for this year and beyond, uh, not to be a contender uh, right now. And with the way Geno Smith has been playing, they've been getting a lot of currency out of Geno Smith, you know, making a um, making a case for comeback player of the year uh, for for uh, for the for the Seahawks uh, this year. And, and you know, Arizona's been playing ugly, man. They uh, f- uh, you know have not played well uh, thus far. They were shut out of the end zone two weeks ago against the Rams. Could only muster. Uh, field goals, that boneheaded uh, move that Kyler Murray made at the end of the game on Sunday against the Eagles. He had that scramble 
uh, you know, late in the fourth quarter, they're driving to try to at least get in field goal range to tie it. He gives himself up with, for the quarterback slide before getting the first down, which made it, which, uh, you know, it was, it was second down on the scramble. Now it's third and one. They spike to stop the clock because they don't have any timeouts left, making it fourth and one, which means they've painted themselves in a corner and they've got to kick it. I mean, if it was a 60 yard field goal, the kid would have had to kick it from 60 yards out. Uh, luckily, it was only from 47, but unfortunately, the kid pushed it right uh, and everything. Arizona not getting off to their characteristically fast start under Cliff Kingsbury like they have the last couple uh, of years, and it's, it's uh, you know been the, the second half of the season that's been the troublesome part uh, for them. They need this win. They need this win. It's on the road. Seattle's playing so well, man. I just... Um, I'm going to go with Arizona's desperation over Seattle's, uh, you know, uh, Seattle's luck or, you know, the way that they're playing right now. Pete Carroll doing a hell of a coaching job with this uh, squad. He's getting these guys to play beyond their capabilities uh, at this point. But uh, I, I, I'm going to take Arizona uh, to win this one. Reluctantly, I'm taking the Cardinals. Last Sunday afternoon game. This is it. This is uh, this is the preview of the AFC Championship game. You got Buffalo at Kansas City. I can't believe this isn't a Sunday night football game. Um, you know, and it's too early in the season to flex, if as far as I know. But uh, I don't think CBS would have let this one go uh, anyway. Buffalo at Kansas City. Uh, it's going to be a. I I think it's going to be epic. I do. Uh, I don't know if it will be as special as the divisional game uh, last year. But uh, I know this is probably one the Bills have had circled on their calendar since the schedule came out, and I don't blame them. Um, both teams 4-1. and one, Both teams playing extremely well uh, right now. Kansas City coming off of a come-from-behind win over the uh, Raiders, uh, having been down 17-0 early in that ballgame and having to charge all the way back uh, to win the ballgame 30-29. Uh, and, um, you know, Buffalo's the hotter team. I, I just think Buffalo's the better team, period. And they won this game in Arrowhead a year ago. And I'm, and, and I'm not talking about the playoff game. I'm talking about, like, the week four or five Sunday night matchup they had in Kansas City. Buffalo took them to the house uh, last year. So I, I just love the way the Bills are playing uh, right now. And um, I, I just think, I think they're going to win. Uh, on Sunday, give me the uh, the Bills over the Chiefs, and then final Sunday game, the Sunday night matchup, Dallas at Philadelphia. This is going to be a good one. You got the undefeated Eagles at five and zero. You got the Cowboys, I believe, are four and one. Yes, they are because they went zero and one to start the year with um, Dak Prescott against the Buccaneers. And, uh, you know, him uh, breaking his hand or his thumb or whichever it was uh, in that football game. Cooper Rush comes in, and all he's done is go 4-0 and as the starter for the Cowboys. So this is an early first place on the line matchup uh, in the NFC East uh, between what looks to be the best football team in the NFL right now and uh, the Cowboys coming off a big road win where they dominated the world champions in their own building on Sunday. Oh, this was a matchup that always got the Cowboys in trouble, though. 
going to Philadelphia. It, it, it always seemed that, you know, at the end of the year, if it was a game that Dallas had to have and they had to go to Philly in order to win that game, not only did they not win, they got murdered in the process. And um, I don't know, man, this, this is tough because I, I like the way that I love the Cowboys defense. I really do. But will they be able to will they be able to slow down Jalen Hurts and the way that he's got that out that offense clicking uh right now? Um with his with his feet, with his, the weapons that he has with you know, Dallas Goddard and and, and AJ Brown and uh Devontae Smith and, and, and everybody that they have uh in that ball game. They got Miles Sanders running the football uh for him and one of the better, if not the best offensive line uh, in football, will that negate what Dallas is bringing on their side of the field? That's where the game's going to be won, uh, is in the trenches. Because if Dallas can get to Hurts the way that they got to Stafford uh, on Sunday, Cowboys are run away with this thing. Uh, but right now, I'm betting on the uh, betting on the home team, betting on the Eagles, betting on history. The Eagles were the ones that always won this matchup. I'm sticking with the Eagles to go six and zero with the win over the Cowboys on Sunday. And finally, on Monday, we got an AFC West matchup. Uh, Russell Wilson and the Chargers taking, uh, you know, taking the, Sun- the Monday night spotlight here. I'm not going to waste a lot of time talking about this one. Uh, I do not like Denver and what they're doing right now. I love Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, as you guys have heard on the show a couple years ago, going into 2020, uh, or actually maybe it was last, no, it was 2021 actually, when there was all the talk about the Bears, you know, making one of these blockbuster trades to get Deshaun Watson or, you know, whatever, Stafford or anybody else, the one I wanted was Russell Wilson because I thought he was one of those guys that would, that even after we stripped the cupboard bear to make the trade to get him, that he had the talent to elevate everyone uh, around him. That, you know, having a guy like Darnell Mooney would be another Tyler Lockett for him, you know, a fast guy that it gets open. And with, with all the difficulty we had with Mitch and Nick Foles uh, not being accurate enough to get the ball to Mooney when, when a deep play uh, was there, Russell Wilson could thread the needle from 80 yards out. I could not wait to see that combo, uh, you know, do something special in Chicago. But, you know, and he ends up staying in Seattle, getting traded to Denver in the offseason, and it has been a disaster so far an absolute disaster uh so far uh the chargers are coming off a good win uh against the um browns on sunday and um looking to build upon that and i just think they're a better football team than the broncos right now they're at home they're you know they got the momentum from a win give me the chargers to take the win on monday night and keep the broncos reeling right now so there you have it guys we're taking the bears the 49ers the browns the packers the jaguars the dolphins the Bengals, the ravens the bucks the rams the cardinals the bills the eagles and the chargers probably going to get myself into trouble with all the road teams i keep picking but you know i got a little room on the record to play with i'm seven games above 500 let's see how good i look after this, but with less games, there's a smaller margin of error uh, for uh, getting a uh, double-digit uh, win total uh, in the week. So, 
Anyway, guys, that is going to do it for the Week 6 NFL Preview episode. Come back tomorrow on Friday when we will review Bears Commanders Week number 6. Were they able to uh, hit the ground running on offense? And by they, I mean our beloved Chicago Bears. Or what, what's that, that wicked front four that the, that the Commanders have? Did they keep the Chicago offense in check and harass Justin Fields all day long and allow Carson Wentz to do just enough to get the win uh, in Chicago. With us wearing those orange uniforms, we absolutely deserve to lose because when you you know it's the, the the you look good, you play good. We will not be looking good on Thursday, so we'll be lucky to get the win. But I think that we should come back on Friday to see how it all went down. Until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground. <laughs> This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by PointsBet. Guys, it's finally here. Sports Drink and PointsBet have partnered up to bring you the world's greatest BTU-themed threads for the Bears season. Just imagine the blue and orange confetti cascading down from the rafters of State Farm Stadium while you're donning the greatest t-shirt known to man, a Bears Talk Underground t-shirt. And it's very simple. You got to go to sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Fill out the quick Google form, register for your points bet account, and deposit at least $10. That's all it's going to cost you if you want to get your hands on this T-shirt. And then finally, you upload your proof of deposit uh, as well. Once you submit, our beautiful friends will have your shirt out the door and on the way to you. And once again, that is sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Once again, sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Guys. I'm in my 16th season doing this show. It's the first time I've had a shirt available for my podcast. I'm so proud to finally have one, and I want you to have it. So follow the steps and get yourself your very own Bearstock Underground t-shirt today. And thank you to PointsBet for partnering up with Sports Drink, and thanks to PointsBet for sponsoring the podcast. <laughs>